First thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus, with test subject Micah B. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy. The synaptic jolts that short circuited his world and efforts to rewire his mind and create a new life. Oh, and he's going to have brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. wants to go to a fucking movie theater and pay 12 bucks for a ticket, 10 bucks, or sneak in your own snacks. I'm not going to say pay for popcorn. Like, if you don't sneak in snacks to a movie theater, you're fucking an idiot, right? Like, it's just like, drive-in is making a comeback because of this exactly and it's just and the like, drive-in in fort collins is fucking epic dude it yeah. is epic and like even and even some of them like they're one down in delta like i've gone to the past couple of years it's oh like, i know hey, that one yeah yeah you get the fucking transmitter plug it into your fucking car you just kick it in your own car you don't have to pay for snacks if you don't want to it's just it's right. it, it i think it's just i think even besides like the way the world is right now, I th- people were, I think we're just getting sick of just like everything you did was you were just getting charged out the ass for it. Mm-hmm. Pay an admission fee. And then you have to pay like a fucking parking. Fee. You know, how many places now do you have to pay for parking? Like everywhere. And like, that's kind yeah. of bullshit. It's like, I'm just trying to leave my car somewhere <laughs> for four fucking hours. hours. And, I gotta, 15 and bucks. I gotta pay 15 fucking bucks. Yeah. Well, fucking, yeah. You're right. You know, I think after, I think after the um, virus, levels out a little bit and things start to try and go back to some kind of semblance and normal. I think the amount of online collaboration with musicians is going to lessen naturally, you know, because there's, there's going to be this explosion of, of cabin fever, like release. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, but you were alluding to something that clicked in my head over something I was thinking about earlier is not only with music, but with movies and communication and the way we work and stuff, we are essentially, necessity has created a new genre of communication and entertainment, essentially. It's been here, but it's never really been in the forefront. Um, some While well, change sometimes comes through dramatic events, and this switched i mean it's hilarious i've been using zoom since 2012 2013 when it was like two three years old and so for me it's pretty intuitive but trying to help my dad with with teaching his art classes on zoom um and his students and it's it it makes me realize and some of the conferences and stuff that i've attended online this is something that people are going to have to get used to. And it is definitely going to be a new thing. Definitely going to be a new thing. Well, I've always looked at it and I was like, you know, I was like, most jobs can be done from home nowadays. Right. And so like all these companies, like they're making everybody work from home right now. Do they want to go back to paying for expensive office space month to month? Mm -hmm. You're going to have your employees work from home. 
Like, yeah, maybe you give them a stipend for their internet or whatever, but that's still cheaper than renting an entire floor in some building in downtown Denver or downtown St. Louis, wherever the fuck you wherever are. Wherever the fuck you are. Yeah. It's and like, it's and so much cheaper just to have people work from home. Yeah. It, and so I think and I, that's, I won't lie, that's one reason like being in the internet industry that is going to explode. Like it's already exploding like crazy, but like there's a very real thing where it's like the United States internet network, we are so far behind like what Europe and stuff has been doing. Oh and yeah. We talked that. about that. Yeah. That. I've mentioned that before. I guarantee after this is all over, like I've always said like the past couple of years, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if the internet gets reclassified as a utility. Should it, be now. It, exactly. It absolutely. And like, that's the way the world is. It's like, it's literally like everybody right now is, if you have a job, chances are you're relying on the internet. Even if you don't have a job that relies on the internet, like I've had it, it what I do for a living, people lose their shit. If their internet goes out and we can't get there for like two days cause we're busy or whatever. Right. Right. They lose their shit. And like for me, and like, and that's where I think is weird. I work for an internet company and I don't use the internet that much. Personally, like I've always, I, one, I've always worked, been working, or now I'm just outside. But mm-hmm. it's just like people like, and so it's just, I think it's one of those things where people are going to look at it and be like, shit, like our network cannot handle what we need yeah. right now. Yeah. And so I think like, I think mostly, I think companies are going to invest a lot more into their infrastructure. And it's going to, like, if you thought the internet was big now, and it is, like, it's going to be, once this all clears up and people can kind of catch their breath a bit, that's going to be, I think, the next focus is getting it reclassified as a utility, which it essentially is at this point. You can't function into, you can't function in today's world without the internet. Without the internet. Or it's very difficult to. Right. I I had to adjust to uh, working remotely entirely. Well, I've been working remotely ever since I started doing voiceovers and stuff, you know, having to get on and fuck, man, I have a Gmail account with no dots or dashes. You know why? Because I got invited back in 2003, right when Gmail started and you had to get invited to be a Gmail, to have a Gmail account. Yeah. I've had to do this because of the voiceover work. And then later the development work. And I really ramped it up when I went through the divorce and bankruptcy and surgery. Yeah, it was a triple whammy that year. <laughs> and <laughs> but uh but I was able to transfer my skill sets. Luckily, um luckily radio broadcasting and TV and stuff was a little bit ahead of a lot of other people out of necessity. Um so I had an advantage on that one. And then I started in web development and website management and project management and stuff. All this shit is over the internet, you know? So I, I guess I'm a step ahead in that regard. You definitely are. And I I think that's where it's like, even though I'm not, I don't consider myself a computer nerd, even though I work with them every day. Like I know enough, I know more than the average person for sure. Um, but as far as like, am I an expert? Fuck no. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I've made so much money on just doing side work. You know, like I go to people's houses, like I set up their internet and they ask me like the most basic question, you know, like, Oh, how would I do? Let's like, how would I set up a second router? Right. Some people, they, you know, they want to set up a second router. Like maybe they have a shop or whatever. And realistically, all you need to do is go buy 300 feet of ethernet cable 
bury it and then plug it in. And then all you have to do is like go into your router settings on the second router and put it in bridge mode. Right. Now, I know that sounds really boring and it's so simple. It's like literally like a 10 second Google search and you can figure out how to do that shit. Yeah. 10 second Google search and maybe 20 minutes of work. I'll go to people's houses like, Hey, would you be willing to do that? And I'm like, yeah. And I'll charge you 80 bucks an hour, minimum of two hours of work. And then I'll also charge you another 50 bucks because I drove back out here in my personal car. And yeah. people fucking pay it. And it's not like I'm a computer nerd. Or I'm doing anything super advanced. Yeah. But, and like, maybe I'm a piece of shit for taking advantage of that. But like, if you can't Google that and I know how to do it, like, yeah, I'm going to jump all over it, especially right now where I fucking Fuck yeah. money. So it's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to fucking run the side hustle like that. Hell yeah. And I think, I think now it's one of those things where like, I think people are, the internet is such a good tool. Like you can learn anything even if I didn't know how to fix somebody's roof, if I Googled it, I could fucking learn. Right. Right. You know? And right. so it's just one of those things where I think people are going to, I don't think people realize to this day, even now, I don't think people realize the potential for knowledge the internet has. I rebuilt I like, my Toyota truck. Yeah. Yeah. Off like, of Google. Literally Tesla, Tesla released. They don't have, they released all their patents to be used publicly. That is something like Elon Musk did. So if somebody was smart enough, and now obviously you have to have the right tools like in a shop, you could build a fucking Tesla from scratch and yeah. no one will sue you for it. It'll be street legal. And it's just like, if you, if like, shit, maybe that's what I need to do. I need to go and I, everybody wants a Tesla. Why buy it? All the patents are on the internet for free. Yeah. And they walk you through exactly what you need to buy and how to do it. And like, realistically, if you know how to follow instructions, you could do it. You could that's do it. Follow some instructions. Bam, dude. Bam. Hey, I got to uh, step aside for a quick smoke break and a pee. No good worries, man. Do your right. thing. That's one thing about the bunkhouse. It's super silent for recording, but I can't smoke in here. So, Hey, man. Good to you. I actually got to go take a pee, too, so I'll go catch my breath, and we'll fucking revamp. Dabs and leakage, and we'll... We'll reconvene. Right on. Sounds good. All right. I'll see you in a minute. Uh, oh, man. Kyle outdid himself, man, on this batch. Yeah, oh, dude. This stuff looks like it was rolled in, like, granulated sugar. It is <laughs> so rich and sticky and stanky that, you know, like, usually when we're trimming bud and stuff, like, the keef will fall off it and go through a screen, right? down into our keef catcher we trimmed this fucker nothing like there was almost no keef like all of the crystals and everything just would not they didn't want to leave the bud it was so nice so i got i got some nice medical cannabis here for me I don't know why. Like we took that quick break, I didn't even think to go fucking take a dab. I was like, I'm just gonna go upstairs, you know, fucking use the bathroom, get another claw, dude. But now I'm gonna take a dab because I don't efficiency. have to, to fucking do this. <laughs> I know you don't have to, motherfucker. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because then nothing smells. Yeah. Well, kind of. Now that's why. That's why I have the Yokan. The little da- dude, I love those little things because you just load the wax right in it, man. You just fucking rip them. Oh yeah, and I've got some, uh, I've got some strawberry cough directly from First Cut Farms in Mendo Seeds up NorCal. The friend I go help with harvest every year, mm-hmm. 
and yeah. this stuff is like mind blowing. So, see what I like about dabs more than flour, besides like the fact to get you way higher. Nobody knows I'm high because like you don't smell like dabs. Like you know you have that vapor smell afterwards for about five minutes, right? But it doesn't like stink into your clothes. So okay. I'm like an undercover stoner. Like I'm just walking around <laughs> town, just making my fucking mind. And like, unless you look right into my eyes, you're not going to know. But I wear sunglasses, so you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you know okay, it's you've totally got me motivated, functional. dude. I'm going to go grab the strawberry cough. So the fucking do it. Absolutely. Oh, dude, this shit is so tasty. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. High-resolution MRI image of Micah's brain provided by the Rockstar Lab Techs at UC Health Neurology in Denver. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, unexpect the expected, and remember that it's all in your head. You ever had a grand mal seizure in gym class? That whiplash back when life was dishing out pimp slaps? Fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up, never let up, cause the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret will never get the better of me with the sawed off, when I'm having trouble talking, someone knocks my writer's block off. And if my eyes glaze and my knees drift south and you ever think to stick a credit card in my mouth